0: Welcome to the Nerdogram Podcast. The ultimate mashup between the Enneagram personality tool and all your favorite characters from film, TV, and literature. On today's episode, we are typing the Avengers. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nerdogram Podcast. My name is Lance.
1: My name is Kate.
0: Hey, Kate. How's it going?
1: It's going pretty well. It's It's been a full week and a full day, but a good day. Um, my middle child turned six today.
0: Yay. Happy Yay. birthday. Happy
1: birthday to him. And then we had preschool graduation this evening for him. And they did something really cute where they... Did a little questionnaire for all the kids and read out their answers. And the first one is, what will you be when you grow up? His answer was Ninja.
0: Good choice.
1: How much money will you earn when you grow up? His answer was a lot. <laughs> um, they asked some cute stuff like, will you? do you want to get married? How many kids do you want? Uh, where will you live? His answer was in Disney World. He said, but they don't have houses there, so I'll have to build one. I thought you would enjoy that one. I approve. And this was part was really sad. Like everybody in the audience said, "Oh," and said, "What will you miss about preschool?" He said, "All my friends, especially Lainey, Even though she doesn't like me, I'll still miss her." <laughs> and every, I mean, everyone in the audience was like, "Oh, unrequited love," you know. And then the little girl he's been crushing on for so long. He he didn't say. Uh, that he was going to marry her which he always says he's going to marry Elizabeth but two other little boys said they were going to marry Elizabeth and this girl moved out of town a year ago we've seen her since then because we've had play dates (laughs) and I have her mom's cell phone number like this girl has left an impression on many a preschool heart so three (laughs) little boys I'm gonna have to text her mom this weekend
0: Left a trail her. of broken hearts. A trail the of broken
1: hearts. There was a bit of a love triangle, though, because uh, one little girl said she was going to marry Carson, but Carson said he was going to marry Stevie. And so there was a little bit of tension in the room. Let me tell you. <laughs> but it it was good. It was a good time.
0: That's awesome.
1: Oh. I love hearing the things that these little people say about themselves and their futures.
0: (laughs) Uh, I know. The things that run through their little minds. It's just. mm.
1: There were several kids who said the worst part of preschool was getting in trouble. And everybody's side eye, like, yeah, now we know you're one of the
0: troublemakers. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) My My kid said it was all the
0: work. My son got his first conversation. That I had with a teacher where she Ooh. pulled me aside after and said, He had a rough day and this is not common. Um, and, and we had a conversation on the way home. <laughs> I was like, mm, We we don't do the things where we have a conversation afterwards with your mm. teacher. This is not okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Not a good day.
0: The next day I asked, so was today a better day? They said, yeah, no issues. All right. <laughs> That's
1: good. I was a nightmare at daycare. I hated being taken to school and left. And I have visceral memories of screaming at the top of my lungs and fighting and kicking and watching my mother's back, like as she would walk out the hallway because it was like at a church. <laughs> and so we were downstairs in the basement, and I have a memory of her back. And even at vacation Bible school, I went to one VBS and it was when I was in kindergarten and there was only one person I would allow them to leave me with. I would not, I needed to be special. I would not do the opening session with all the kids. I needed this one teacher and I needed to be her helper in the room away from all the other children. And she was incredibly pregnant and went into labor on the last day or two of VBS and wasn't there. And I was not okay.
0: it's amazing seeing your little two personality budding in these stories.
1: I I've, have always been so social with adults, but when I was a child, my relationships with other children were very difficult. And I don't think I even realized that until I was an adult. Looking back, I've always been more comfortable with adults than I was with with peers. Uh,
0: that's surprising. Huh.
1: You know, maybe I was a little more self president as a child.
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe. So where did you show up as a two this week?
1: So this isn't going to sound like high school, but I went to a work, <laughs> I went to a work conference this week and uh, we may have some listeners. So if you are from the the REM retreat, hello, and thank you for listening. Um, Cause I uh, not so politely, I was actually quite pushy and asking everyone to subscribe <laughs> to our podcast. Um, you are officially that person. I am that podcaster. Hey, check
0: out my podcast. Hey, check out my podcast.
1: Well, they were doing, they were doing like two day sessions on the Enneagram. How can I not plug our podcast under those circumstances that would require self-control? I do not possess. (laughs) Anyway, we were doing a trivia night and I was walking through the room and some people I had just really talked to for the first time that day, we'd had dinner together. They waved over, Kate, Kate. Come sit at our table. Come be on our team. And my heart soared. It was like being transported back to high school, and the kids that I thought were cool wanted me to sit with them. And it was a reminder of how much being included and invited and belonging and feeling like I have a place is so important to me. And I have no problem looking at a room of people and saying, hey, can I join you guys? That does not faze me at all. But having people wave and shout (laughs) in the room and say, come be on our team, it made me so happy. Also, that's a little silly for a 33-year-old woman to admit on the air, but it really made me happy. So if you guys are listening, thank you for inviting me to be on your team for trivia.
0: They will forever be written on your hearts. They will and we got second also, place Well, that doesn't surprise me at all because i've played trivia with you before
1: i like to win
0: you do <laughs> you really
1: do all right <laughs> lance how have you shown up as a one this week
0: <laughs> and moving on <laughs> um i've got a couple stories one is kind of cutesy one is like yeah that was not the high side of the one uh so our our whole house is uh hardwood flooring and so I do a lot of most of the cleaning in our family. That's just kind of the division of labor that we have. I do a lot of the cleaning. And so I are sweeper slash mop. It's like a dual thing. It like does both at the same time uh, broke and Mm -hmm. normally I just fix it. I couldn't get it quite right. And we called in and they said, oh yeah, this is an issue with, with the machine. We'll send you a replacement part. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I can't wait any longer for this replacement part. So I went and picked up a Swiffer thing, you know, just the basic setup, Mm -hmm. bought me a big thing. My wife was like, Why did you buy the big thing of of wet wipes or whatever it is that it uses? And I said, Because, like, there's no way I'm not going to use all of them out of the package at the start. Like, I'm going to use these things. So today I broke it out and I was using it. And there was a moment where I thought to myself, you know, I could rig this thing up so that I could clean in between cleanings and this would be awesome. And like in my head made a plan for like how I was going to get my mixture because there's certain floor cleaner that I prefer over other kinds and make a mixture and like a squirt bottle that I could like squirt and like do this whole thing. And I stopped. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I am way into the nuances of just mopping this stupid floor. Like I am way in the weeds and I'm loving it. So clearly I'm having a one moment. This is feeding something for me. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's one way that I showed up. But the other way we had field day this week and I signed up for field day and I came in because Kate at, at, Elementary school functions. There is a dad quota. You can only have so many cool dads before you become like the dad who's just like there. So there, there is a number that you're allowed. Every school has this number, but it's never high. Usually, like one or two. So I get there and I'm immediately scoping out who, which dads I'm better than, you know, because as you, as you do. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was better than the dad who didn't know the name. Uh, what what teacher his student had um,
1: oh <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: there was a moment I mean it's the said, end of the year yeah they said so who you
1: think you would have figured that out
0: teacher and he's like I don't know <laughs> they were like <laughs> okay. uh, shouldn't you know this so I'm feeling good like I know my I you know I've had dinner with our teacher like I I know I know this teacher so i get assigned and there were two of us assigned to each class because they broke the classes up because the class was going to compete with itself in all these events in my head my group's going to win right we're going to do this we are going to be the best group and i can't and i can tell you we got stomped Mm. absolutely stomped but my line was straight i had my kids in a perfect line All the time. And I was like, yep, we may not be able to win these events, but we know how to make a line and we know how to be on time and we know how to like make all of our things. But I was more than a little bit judgy about that this week. Hmm. So it was not my high point, but there was. And I did help one team cheat on the tug of war. Just confessing.
1: I don't know what to do with that information.
0: I, I may or may not have stepped over and grabbed the back of the rope. And just held it against a bunch of kindergartners until the other team tired themselves out. And then I let go. So the team could
1: pull across the line. Lance, 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 Lance. I never thought I'd come to the day where I'm so disappointed in your integrity. Cheating on kindergarten tug of war.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get booted from uh, intramural from- soccer and all the <laughs> things. <laughs> Lifetime no, ban. I,
1: I'm pretty sure that once you say yes to intramural soccer, it's a lifetime like position unless you do something illegal or immoral to lose it. Because if your league is anything like mine, they're so desperate every year. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take anybody. They
0: will take anybody. <laughs>
1: uh, can you pass a background check? Yeah. Well, you're never alone with kids anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I actually didn't get a background check for this position. That's a little alarming.
0: Didn't get a background check. All of us get background checks. There's a whole
1: process. Maybe head coaches had to, but assistant coach didn't. I don't think I did. I I I didn't give him, I didn't give anybody my social security number. You
0: would have needed to fill something out.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're we're literally never with the children like alone. We're always on the field with lots of people watching, but still you would think still a little alarming. Yeah. I think I'm going to recommend. Yeah, that might be So I a know recommendation. it's going to be on my comic card at the end of the season.
0: We should all probably pass background checks.
1: Just Yeah, that's a good just idea. Just saying, you know. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: Can I run that?
1: Well, so this is a topic change, but in the same vein, sometimes when you know things about a person you don't put them into leadership. And sometimes when you know things about a movie, you don't recommend it for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately neither one of us had actually seen The Heathers. And we watched it and both felt like this was an absolutely terrible movie that we do not want to talk about on our podcast.
0: Yeah. I there are so many reasons why. Um there the, the discussions around suicide are are not just I realize it's dated, but they're problematic. The discussions Mm -hmm. around LGBTQ issues, um, Mm -hmm. particularly as they're connected to suicide and things Mm -hmm. like that, were really problematic. We have, yeah, there was all sorts of things. Uh, Body image stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were so many things in this that I thought.
1: Sexual harassment. Yeah. This is probably the filthiest movie, just as far as like language and sexual jokes. Probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And I watched Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, I think I've watched worse. But this one, again, the way it treated things like suicide and stuff. Uh-huh. It's just, there are some things we acknowledge. Violence. They exist. They happened. And we don't yeah. necessarily need to bring them with us through life. Right. And I'm content to let this one float off into the mist.
1: Right. And and you know what? If you love the Heathers, fine. You can You can love the Heathers, but we did not. And...
0: It's our podcast.
1: It's our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 to be very honest, one of the main characters, JD, who was really like Christian Slater did a great job playing this very troubled, strange young man. Like it's not against any of the performance, but he is psychotic. Like this guy does not have empathy. This guy is violent. I mean, there's a lot going on and you cannot apply the Enneagram to mental illness. Like, you just can't. And so uh, we couldn't have even, with integrity, attempted to type him. And he's the second most prominent character in the movie. So it's just not happening. So instead, Lance and I got online and said, hey, what can we talk about with absolutely no preparation? And the answer is superheroes.
0: I was made for this moment. This is what you were born for. To to talk about superheroes on the fly. I'm, I'm here for it.
1: Are you a little sad that we're talking about Marvel and not DC though?
0: Yeah. It, it it I'm not as deep in Marvel. Okay. I mean, I've certainly read comics. I've certainly done that, but I was always a DC comic reader.
1: And you love Batman. I, I love Batman. Because he's a one.
0: He is a one. He broods. Mm-hmm. He does all the things. Justice.
1: Mm-hmm. We're not actually typing Batman today. This is free. This is bonus content.
0: Bonus typing. <laughs> so it said he- we're we're sticking with uh, the MCU cuz so th- there are a few prefaced things on this. One we are sticking to the Avengers and two we are sticking to the MCU. So there was a pre-recorded conversation without recording before we began recording. Pre-recording, not pre-recorded uh about this and kate was listing some and i was like oh that's according to the mcu that's that's not a uh, an avengers like i realize you're looking up on the internet but that's not an avenger
1: (laughs) which i responded but they were in endgame so there but who wasn't
0: who wasn't in endgame (laughs) that was the whole point
1: okay that's a fair point the the galaxy was there like everybody was there i will grant you that i really just wanted to be able to talk about dr strange but He has a new movie coming up later this summer. So maybe we can do an episode just on Dr. Strange. It's out now. It's out now. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good things I want to see right now. Okay.
0: I have a recommendation that I'll pitch to you later.
1: Okay. Well, apparently I need to have a date night with my husband so we can go see Dr. Strange. Yes. My husband reminds me a lot of Dr. Strange, but he's less grumpy. My husband is less grumpy than Dr. Strange.
0: He's the magic man.
1: In some ways. (laughs)
0: I, I was ready for that moment. one. I saw I saw a moment to catch you in an awkward moment and I, I could not pass it up.
1: And then you saw the twinkle in my eye and knew I was gonna make it. No, I saw majority. you
0: full-blown pause and I was like, <laughs> you you were am
1: I gonna do this or not?
0: Calculating how how you wanted to respond.
1: Well, I am a romance writer. <laughs> so are you ready to talk about the Avengers?
0: I have been ready for a long time.
1: You've been ready. Yeah, you were born ready. Okay. Um, So we'll do a rundown on these characters since, as we said, there was zero preparation apart from the fact that we have both seen all the MCU movies multiple times and have a familiarity with these characters. So we are going to start with Hawkeye. And I'll be honest and say he's probably the hardest for me to type because I feel like he gets fewer of his own individual story plots um but i think we can hopefully get there do you think he could be a one
0: no i don't think he's a one uh whenever during end game and that sort of arc you know the the infinity stones arc when he goes crazy because his family gets wiped and and that it's not fair i think a one would see that this is not fair but he's not really meeting out justice. He's working Mm. out his own pain. Mm -hmm. And so I I just don't see him as a one so Mm -hmm. much. Did you happen to ever see him uh, in his own show? Hawkeye. Mm -mm. Okay. I think you would like that. You should definitely watch it. My wife loved that show. That's what got her into the MCU. Is it on um,
1: Disney plus?
0: Mm -hmm. It was only on Disney plus.
1: Okay. I'll check that out. Here's a plug for Disney plus friends.
0: I'm always plugging Disney. That's kind of my deal. (laughs) Do do you think he's a
1: one? No, I don't think he's a one. I mean, there's just nothing about him that strikes me as a one, none of the telltale signs of um, a strong moral code or being unbending in certain areas or struggling to understand where others differ when it seems so clear to him. Um, he doesn't seem to be like having attention to detail or oriented towards structure. Mm-hmm. So no, there's just, I just don't see anything that would make me suspect he's a one. What, what about, about a, a two? two Oh, jinx? I can go. I, I think it would have been really, really hard for an Enneagram two thinking about like civil war to pick a side. But then there's this part where he and Black Widow are on different sides and they're fighting and he stops he's like we're still friends right? She's like yeah of course. And then they go back to fighting. That to me feels a little too actually. Um
0: I have an but, alternative reason for that.
1: Yeah, he picked a side though. I don't think he's a two. I don't no. see him, you know, needing to be loved. He doesn't seem to care that much about people's opinions of him and I don't think he would have handled that situation the way he did. Had he been a two and he wouldn't have reconciled because once you've broken relationship, if you're a two, it's really hard to build that back.
0: Is that an information piece or a warning?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I meant it as information, but be warned. (laughs) Do you think he could be a two?
0: No, I don't think he's a two at all. (laughs) I I actually have a number that I'm kind of leaning towards anyways, and i'll build a case when we get there okay same reason why i don't think he's a three
1: yeah i don't think he's, a three. he's not he's I don't not think he's a heart type
0: no 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 um no he's not <laughs> not at all
1: yeah and not a four
0: Uh. Uh-uh.
1: do you think he could be a five
0: i do think he's a five
1: okay say more
0: so you held up the the scene where him and black widow are fighting and they say well we're still friends right I think that happens because she's one of his people. Mm. He only has a few people or his people. He's not with the Avengers. Uh He's with Black Widow, who is his friend. That's not a romantic thing. They're just friends. They're friends. And he's pretty torn up whenever she dies. He carries that Mm
1: -hmm. and struggles
0: with that. Um, His family are his people. And that's why whenever all this stuff's happening and he sort of quote unquote retires and goes to the farm, everyone's like, you have a family? You know, mm. f- many types would have shared that information. Five mm. isn't going to share that if they don't need to share that. That's that's my stuff.
1: So let me ask this question. I suspect I agree with you, but did he keep that information private because he's just a private person or was it because he's suspicious and he saw talking about his family as putting them in danger?
0: Yes. Obviously, there's a certain risk to what he does, and he learns that. He talks a lot about that in Hawkeye, the show, that you have to keep these things separate to keep the people you love safe. That's why you got to keep these things divided. But he has his people. He's also kind of gruff and sarcastic. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly knowledgeable. He knows how he's an expert in his fields. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to be to be one of the Mm -hmm. only people running around with superhuman, super people can shoot laser beams out of their eyes and you're running around with a bow and arrow and keeping pace. Like that's a certain level of competency mm-hmm. that I think um, reflects in him and his personality type.
1: I think you're right. Um, for me, what made the most sense was somewhere in the head triad, which would mm-hmm. be a five, six and seven. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't strike me as a seven. He, he's not, he's funny and he can, he has some good, jokes, but he's not someone who strikes one as like being very high energy and taking up a lot of space in a room or a conversation or um, the life of the party kind of person, which sevens tend to be. Um, So for me, I was kind of thinking more in the five or six space, but one of the big differences is that a five is leans into competency. That's the harmonic pattern and logic and problem-solving. Whereas sixes are more reactive and they tend to have an emotional reaction first. And I do think he's more in the competency. I agree with you that I I think he probably has a strong six wing though, because Mm -hmm. he, he is a little more distrustful as opposed to a five with a four wing. That's going to be more contemplative and more focused on the inner world. He's much more aware of external threats. But well, that's be an fair, occupational hazard
0: yeah i was gonna say his job even before becoming an Avenger, Killing bad guys was killing bad guys
1: i think you'd be hard-pressed to find very many fives with a four wing who go into that line of work though
0: i can't say i know enough assass- assassins to make a good uh enneagram pool
1: so if you're an assassin listening to this please contact us actually don't, contact, don't, us. don't, don't contact, us. contact us we don't want
0: to we know don't, we don't need to know anything if we you want to, to
1: anonymously send us a poll uh, do <laughs> you take don't
0: know we don't need to know any of this <laughs> like you you stay in your lane and we'll stay in ours
1: wouldn't that be hilarious if there was i mean not hilarious no
0: but. no i do, <laughs> don't think this would be hilarious
1: but to think that an assassin could be listening to our little nerdogram podcast all you right know. anyway this I have is a, a problem with ego. You know I don't this. need you to
0: be affirmed in this one. We just need to like <laughs> not hang out with assassins.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I think you've convinced me. I think a five. You all right there, buddy? Nope. Nope. Whereas <laughs> I'm over here with my ego saying like, I think that'd be pretty cool. Let me know in an untraceable way so that I don't become a threat to you.
0: Nope. Nope. <laughs> the less we know, the better.
1: Oh, you want to talk about a different assassin?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) All right. Natasha Romanoff, which I hate that they gave her that name. That is like, it's like, oh, you know, two Russian names, you know, a Russian first name and you know, a Russian last name and you put them together. Like there's no creativity in this.
0: Well, calling her Vlad wouldn't work as well.
1: That's true. But there's so many, at least it wasn't like Anastasia Romanoff.
0: That's true. Like That would have been been worse too much too too russian we can't go too russian for this character yeah
1: all right black widow she's a very interesting character she has a lot of wounds
0: she does and she has some serious childhood trauma
1: so that's something to take into account when we think about is she operate like is she emotionally healed enough that she's operating out of her number or is she going to be operating out of her stress number
0: have you seen the black widow movie yet
1: no i haven't
0: okay so Very brief rundown, because this this is important for her character. Okay. She is taken from her mother as a small, small child. Uh And she and her quote-unquote sister, they're not biological sisters, are put together with a Russian assassin sleeper family. Mm. And so her dad, Mm quote-unquote, for this mission is the... Russian equivalent of Captain America. Okay. Equipped with the shield and everything. Uh It's it's kind of a a whole thing and remarkably played by that guy from stranger things. Mm. He's awesome. 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 And so she goes through the trauma of knowing that she lives out a pretend family for several years while they're carrying out a mission before she gets sent back in to be a child's assassin and all the horror and trauma that they use to break these young women down, to turn them into killing machines. And ultimately she decides to leave that organization and gets flipped by Hawkeye. And the ticket for her to leave is to kill the director of the organization. Mm. In order to kill the director, she plants a bomb and waits until the director's daughter, like six or seven year old daughter shows up to know that he's there
1: oh, and no. blows it.
0: And so that's what she carries with her into the Avengers. Is She's working out all of the stuff that she's done, all the harm that she's done, right? She's sort of trying to work through that.
1: Okay, that is really important information. So with that, let's start at the top and work our way back so that we don't always start with the one. Do you think she could be a nine? I do not think she's a nine. No, she's got too much energy and violence in her. Do you think she's an eight? I
0: wondered about an eight because she's so powerful, but I don't see the anger or the defense of others. She's not the protector. That's just not her shtick.
1: She's She's an avenger,
0: not a protector.
1: That's a good distinction. She's very pragmatic as well. Like she has a certain comfort level with casualties, unintended Mm -hmm. casualties. I mean, not that she Goes out of her way, and she certainly wants you know to not kill extra people, but she's kind of accepted that people will get hurt, mm-hmm. and that's acceptable if it accomplishes the mission. And I don't think an eight would know that. Do you think she could be a seven?
0: No, not at all.
1: <laughs> she's not. She's not a very fun person.
0: She's good at one thing, and that's why we keep her around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's the hair flip. You you have to watch. the the black widow movie okay. uh, because her sister makes a joke about it. She's like, so why, when you land, do you do like the superhero landing hair flippy thing? Like, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And at one point they're breaking into a place and her sister lands and does the hair flip. She goes, okay, I see it a little bit. It's kind of cool.
1: (laughs) So what I love most about what you just did is that you started To maybe do a little bit of a Russian accent and then it was like you decided against it, but then it Mm -hmm. still found its way in a little bit at the end. I
0: tried to pull the shoot on that. I tried.
1: (gasps) I really, I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm a little
0: sad that you caught it and acknowledged (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Thanks for being my friend anyway.
0: Only because it'll take so much work to get back in. I'm so learning.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, we've built this podcast and, uh, you know, it'd be a pain in the butt to have to start over with somebody new.
0: It would. That's I've tried to make myself as irreplaceable as possible.
1: <laughs> well, you are the most irreplaceable person because you actually know how to upload <laughs> the episodes. Yeah, I got to have, have
0: something to upload. That's the challenge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so do you well, think she's a six? I think she could be a six.
0: Yeah, I think it's a possibility.
1: Yeah. I I'm not I might be married to it by the end of our conversation, but she is very suspicious. She really doesn't trust anyone. Even people who are on her team, on her quote unquote side. Uh you have to earn a place in her trust. Like she'll work with you, but that doesn't mean she'll trust you. And basically the people she trusts our Hawkeye eventually, I mean, she develops a certain level of trust w- with, uh, with Captain America, but n- not in the same way that she does with Hawk. She Maybe, trusts
0: he'll do the right thing.
1: Yeah. She try as he sees it. Right. Right. Because she doesn't always agree that they come to the same place. Mm-hmm. I think she trusts Hulk actually. Um, Bruce, mm-hmm. when he's, I, th- I would say that, he has come to that place for her. She can't be a little anxious. Like she also is great in an emergency situation. Like she's always unflappable, but I get the sense that that's not natural for her, but rather she's been trained to minimize any kind of emotive response and just to fight her way out. And that's so ingrained in her, but I I still feel like she's more worried than some of the other characters are
0: yes she seems like a more anxious presence
1: uh-huh.
0: granted she doesn't have superpowers she can't turn into a giant green monster so
1: i mean that, that would is make a me
0: a little anxious right. with some of the things that they face um i don't think she's i'm just gonna knock a couple of these out i don't think she's a five or a four i kind of wonder about a three for me, I'm kind of between the six and the three, because mm-hmm. there are times there's things that she does that looks a little three-ish to me. Mm-hmm. She is very goal-oriented mm-hmm. and she is the epitome of of competency. She's r- risen well. They send her in to, to handle special things. Mm-hmm. And when shield needs a couple people to kind of keep a tabs or keep an eye on this Avengers project, they select her and Hawkeye.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: because they're their people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're going to to get the job done. So this is like rising to level uh of competency and a level of achievement almost. Mm-hmm. I you know, I'm not sure how much higher in the organization she could go as a former, you know, Soviet spy.
1: It doesn't seem to me though that she is angling for that.
0: That's that's true
1: like it's happened because she's good at her job, not because mm-hmm. she is uh, worked for a particular advancement. I also, I don't see vanity at work in her. No, no. And, I mean, that's the, and that's the, the besetting sin or the, the passion of the three is vanity or um, lying to oneself. Um, yeah.
0: You really need to watch black widow. I think that gets a little muddied. Some mm. of it is like the sister relationship. Like there's mm-hmm. this great thing about uh, her sister deciding to wear a vest and she's like, it's great. It has pockets and she's giving her a hard time about wearing this vest. She's like, it's ugly. She's like, this is the first piece of clothing I've bought for myself my entire life. You know, there's this like with this tension of,
1: yeah, I don't know, yeah. but I feel like the vanity would show up differently. So like if she's trying to succeed in shield. Wouldn't we see her be a little competitive of her with her coworkers? We don't see her with her
0: coworkers. We only see her with Hawkeye, who's her buddy.
1: Well, the other Avengers.
0: But those aren't her. Those are not her coworkers. She's assigned
1: to the Avengers. Though I think that if she were a three, there would be some desire in her to be recognized as being on par with captain America and iron man. And we don't see any of that or any indication that she feels slighted that others get more prominence or position. And if anything, she doesn't like the spotlight.
0: Mm -hmm. She is a spy. She is a spy. So she's not going to like the spotlight.
1: I think she feels more like a six to me. And I think we could see the three things because six and the three share a relationship. They do. So when Mm -hmm. a six is under stress, they're going to act more like a three when they're disintegrating. And so if black widow, her own movie is a a period where she's in a really rough place where she's trying to get out of an organization that she doesn't want to be in, it makes sense that we'd see some of her stress behaviors. Mm -hmm.
0: Black Widow, the movie is her outside of her comfort zone because it happens in the place of where civil war has happened. So the Avengers are divided. They're scattered. They're all underground. Mm. Those okay. are those who have fought. So she's on her own underground
1: mm.
0: and working at her own stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously, she's working that out because she's about to die at the next big
1: mm-hmm. event,
0: which Rochelle does not know yet. Oh. She has not seen that yet. So in her mind, you know, she's still alive. I, I haven't revealed that to her. I hope doesn't to listen to
1: this episode.
0: episode. She doesn't listen to the episodes. We're good. We're good. Sorry to those of you who didn't know that. And we have just now revealed a major plot point of the Infinity Stone arc. Infinity yeah. Gauntlet. I'm sorry. Infinity Prob- Gauntlet.
1: Probably most people have, have seen Infinity War in Endgame.
0: Who are going to.
1: Who are going to. Yes. I really think she's a six.
0: I could live with a six.
1: Okay. I'm okay. glad. All right. Let's talk about Thor, the God of thunder.
0: You're thinking about that bad joke I told before we started recording. Aren't you?
1: So I was actually thinking of something different. I was thinking <laughs> okay. about an accent thing because usually when I'm, when I'm talking about Thor with my kids, I, I try to like mimic his voice and, and his accent and it's not good. And so that's what I was thinking about, honestly, mm-hmm. but the joke you did, I mean, you can tell it on the air. We can get some feedback as to whether other people got it. You try. I I just did not get it.
0: Okay. I'm Thor.
1: You're Thor? Well, it hurts. Yeah. I still think it's not good this time. <laughs> it wasn't any better, was I think. It? I think you need to like sound more lispy. That's not a word, but I have more of a lisp. Like you it know, really just sounded like Thor to me.
0: You take it too far. It goes too far real fast.
1: That, I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: So which Thor is your favorite Thor? Because we have a lot of different images of the kinds of Thor available to us. They're all the same person. They're all Chris Hemsworth. But what is your favorite?
1: Um, I prefer a person that has their life together. Mm-hmm. So Endgame is not.
0: At any point, does Thor really have his life together?
1: No, but he's more of a mess. At other points. Although I really, really loved that they gave him a beer belly.
0: Oh, I love dead. Dad bod Thor was the best thing. I thought that was fabulous. I was at the movie theater when, when I saw that. And when he stood up, I was like, yes, this is our moment. Dad bods unite.
1: Yes. I, and he does have, he has an interesting character arc because you see, he begins where he. It's kind of a hothead, kind of a wastrel. Like, he's not really accomplishing much. And we do see him improving and getting more strength of character. Mm-hmm. And then he goes totally the opposite direction, which, granted, if half the world just disappeared, I'd probably just want to drink beer and eat and zone out too. Like,
0: well, and not just. That just do that if you he he is burdened by the weight that he is the cause of his own planets downfall if yeah. you've seen ragnarok you know he yeah. he causes that he, the death of his mother the he mm-hmm. is now in charge of his people which he is not successful in getting them mm-hmm. out which causes the death of his brother then when he has the one opportunity for them to stop thanos he misses
1: hmm That that actually makes me suspicious of a particular number.
0: Doesn't it? Go ahead. Let it rip.
1: I mean, to me, that sounds like a three that has moved to nine. Mm -hmm. And he, Mm -hmm. I do think he's an aggressive type or in the aggressive stance rather than the dutiful or the withdrawing. He's, he's not particularly dutiful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He wants to do what he wants to do when we first Mm -hmm. meet him. I mean, he wants to do the right thing. Like he's a decent person,
0: but he assumes he assumes he's going to take his father's position. Uh He's like, this is mine.
1: He does. And he thinks quite highly of himself and, and not totally wrongly, like at least on the battlefield. I mean, he's a very skilled warrior and, and he wants acknowledgement. He wants affirmation. He is really irritated when someone else is worthy. Mm-hmm. of the hammer i mean he's begrudgingly like oh, of course cap is you know uh but it bugs him a little bit
0: well so there's a couple instances where that's happened so there's the there's the one where they're playing the game have you seen
1: yes that? and he and, like and
0: someone starts lifting up it. and it starts to, and he gets nervous <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then when he catches it he goes i knew it i knew it you know like there's He's really coming to his own at that
1: point. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I think I think Thor is a three.
0: I do too. His movie I think really embodies that because that's what he he struggles with is being worthy.
1: Mm. Mm, yeah, that's a good a good catch. I hadn't even connected it to that.
0: Plus, that's what it says on Mjolnir.
1: Yeah, and he has beautiful hair. And I just feel like hair like that either requires a styling team or someone who really cares about being beautiful.
0: So the real question I have is when he's got the long flowing locks, because he doesn't um, always eventually he cuts those off.
1: I know it's a travesty.
0: You would think the God of lightning and thunder would have more static to the hair.
1: No, because he can control the static.
0: It flows through him. I, I expect a little more.
1: <laughs> We're just staring at each other. No.
0: Well, Kate in a judgy way, I might add, is shaking her head at me.
1: (laughs) I just want him to keep his beautiful hair. So, (laughs) you know, there's a running joke of like book boyfriends and stuff on this podcast, but he, Chris Hemsworth is a very attractive person. Like that's, that's an objective thing. Like he meets every metric of, of attractiveness, but I will admit the moment he cuts his hair, I'm out Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I mean his wife still finds him beautiful and that's all that really matters. Um but the hair is what does it for me. And I would never pick him like if I were going to like marry any of the avengers it would never be him because he doesn't have his stuff together. But I would have probably been tempted prior to the haircut.
0: So he's not at say a Henry Cavill level who regardless of hair length does it for you.
1: Henry Cavill is a cinnamon roll hero who looks like an alpha hero.
0: The way you said cinnamon roll hero.
1: That's a thing in the romance world. Okay.
0: I've never heard that, but your inflection, I encourage you to, to, this is an episode you need to listen to. I want you to hear yourself say that because I think that was a moment.
1: A cinnamon roll hero is uh, when they're good, when they're decent, when they are for you, when they, are empowering and
0: and they're best hot and covered in frosting
1: they're very sweet (laughs) not not super spicy (laughs) like you know alpha is kind of like the sometimes the domineering possessive Mm -hmm. grumpy whatever uh but the cinnamon roll is who most of us would actually want to partner with in our Mm -hmm. life and Henry Cavill is absolutely, I mean, not knowing him in real life, but following him on Instagram, he seems like he is that kind of person, like actually like tender and not domineering, but he plays all these alpha characters. So he can, yeah, he can cross those genres, right? Nobody else cares about my obsession with Henry Cavill.
0: It's a common theme on this podcast. And remind me after we're done, I will show you a, a fun interview that I saw. With him okay, that I love and (laughs) I think, and I hope you'll love it as much as I do.
1: Uh, If he's in it, I'm sure I will. All right. So we've got a five, a six and a three.
0: Good variety so far. Yeah. For people who are all oriented towards goodness and justice, we're getting some good variety.
1: I think so. All right. Let's talk about Hulk.
0: Do we need to do a rundown for Hulk? It feels pretty obvious.
1: Well, what do you think he is?
0: I think he's an eight.
1: Are we typing Bruce or are we typing the Hulk?
0: They are the same person.
1: They are. I don't think Bruce is an eight.
0: Then why does he say, and I was ready for this. I never write down quotes. I wrote okay. a quote down on this one. Okay. At one point they ask him, they say, you know, he, right before he goes to transform, he's like, that's my secret guys. I'm always angry.
1: I think he's a nine. mm, mm. I think he's a nine and he's like exploding. Yeah, maybe. Bruce is, that's, that's he just does comment. not have any. When he's an eight, when that's he's a in, really
0: good, that's a really good point. <sighs> as much as I don't want to give it to you, that's a really good point.
1: Cause when he's like in Bruce, like he just does not feel like he has eight energy at all. Like he's <sighs> like he pulls into himself, he withdraws, like he try and he tries to suppress the Hulk. Like well, when yeah, because when he, he turns
0: into the Hulk, he destroys everything.
1: Yes, but it's also a metaphor.
0: Yeah, And he's embarrassed by it. Yeah. And then he gets drawn into everyone else's stuff all the time. And then whenever he finds the arrangement later on with the Hulk, and he's sort of like halfway Bruce, halfway Hulk.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah, you're right, Kate.
1: Can you say that again. I just love it yeah, so much.
0: You are correct. And I was very wrong to come in it. so strongly.
1: But I'm glad that you remembered that quote because that's really important.
0: Are you trying to make me feel better?
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people could look <laughs> at him as a five. Oh, maybe, no. like no. No, I stay. don't see that at all. Right. So, well, it's because he's the nerdy professor type. Yeah, that's not a favorite. And I do think Bruce Banner feels like a withdrawing type. He's, he's look, not someone who's yeah. rel- highly relational.
0: But I think we see varied energy from him as Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. There are times I'm he's sure. very productive, and there's times that maybe less so.
1: Which is also
0: a nine. A nine. Yeah.
1: Nines when they're doing what they want to do, get a whole lot done. It's just when they're doing things that they actually have to do that they
0: don't. Yeah. You're you're not wrong.
1: Okay. So that was a <laughs> quicker than I expected. <laughs> so Bruce is a nine. All right. Let's talk about Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So, I have a funny story. My middle guy, the birthday boy, was obsessed with Iron Man. He still loves Iron Man. Iron Man's still his favorite Avenger, but he's not. He's more into ninjas now. But for a solid 18 to 24 months, it, this kid wore his Iron Man costume every day. At one point, he asked us to refer to him as Tony. Mm <laughs> hmm. and uh, one of my favorite moments though I have a friend who is actually named Tony and I don't remember if I had talked to Tony on the phone or seen him but Gabe just thought this is Iron Man this is Tony Stark obviously and was so excited that I knew the real Tony and wanted to talk to him and I'm like I mean can call it Tony. <laughs> Tony. It's who you want it to be. And then he was profoundly disappointed that more than one person in the world is named Tony. mean
0: how many Tonys could there be that are worth knowing? I, I mean, it's Tony three Tonys
1: right now. Yeah, I'm in conversation. I, I know with a few Tonys Tony yeah. myself
0: and not all male. I know several female Tonys.
1: Yeah. Tony with an eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Gabe, lets us call him Gabe now, not just Tony. So there's that. I don't think we need to do a rundown with him. I think we can start with the aggressive stance. Okay, I'm good with that. Three, seven, eight.
0: I don't think he's an eight. Okay. We'll rule that one out.
1: All right. I agree. I don't think he's an eight. I'm inclined to say seven, but you could probably convince me of a three. Actually.
0: I'm right there as well. I lean towards a seven, but I think I could be convinced of a three.
1: So what do you see about him? that's three-ish and then what do you see that's seven-ish
0: he is always the fun personality in the room he's going to make a joke about everything he's going to reframe it and not just in i'm going to joke it away but he doesn't sit with real problems and we see this a few times this is how he deals with some of his issues in the first iron man film but that first time that they have that alien invasion He mentions at one point that he's been dreading this because he went up, right? We saw him go up through and he knows there's more and he knows they're going to come eventually. And so he is living in fear of what he knows is coming, but isn't dealing with it. He does all these other things Mm. to keep himself busy, to like deal with it. And sometimes he'll work on the problem, but if it gets up too down, then he goes off and does all this crazy stuff and Pepper's chasing him around, trying to keep him on task. So he's got this kind of way of running from problems
1: mm-hmm.
0: that we eventually see him accept and deal with. He is the one Avenger that we did not think would would respond well to the snap, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one who would have fled and not actually dealt with it. He doesn't, he he actually does the internal work and he, he comes to accept his failure and all that that entails and make a new life, accepting that, and ultimately it's awful, spoilers, that Tony is the one who dies. Like we lose two Avengers. Well, technically we lose all, most all of the Avengers, but. Tony's death stings in this mm-hmm. one, cause you're like, oh no, he's not going to be there for that little girl.
1: Mm-hmm. He's still I, a good dad. He is. So what do you see? That's three ish.
0: I mean, he is the leader of a company, one that he inherited, but could have built Ex-setter. himself, he could have mm-hmm. built it himself. This is his drive to be successful. Mm-hmm. He's not just going to build weapons; he's going to build the best weapons, mm-hmm. and he's chasing this legacy with his dad. You know, it's, it all stems from daddy issues for mm-hmm. Tony.
1: Mm. It's hard because he is so brilliant and he is so competent. And so, one of the differences between the three and the seven. So they they are in the same stance. So they're both feeling repressed, and he's not a touchy feely person. But one of the differences is that a three is, is in the, the competency harmonic pattern. And that can feel like... To, I mean, he's a great problem solver and he builds incredible things. And, and the Avengers would be lost without him in some ways. Whereas the seven is the positive outlook. And he's also... He can be very straightforward and sarcastic. But he usually does... He doesn't have a defeatist attitude ever he can he is pretty positive for me i think i am leaning to the 7 because of the way you you noted that he runs from problems and when we see him dealing with it it's because there's character development there's growth happening in him but one of the things that i see that i have a hard time reconciling with the 3 is that he has this larger than life personality and he really likes attention and 3's like attention but they kind of like to accumulate attention, like on the sly, like they don't want to look like they're trying to get your attention. Whereas Tony commands everyone's attention, loves it, but then also doesn't really care about what people think of him. Mm -hmm. So he both like a
0: push pull.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I want you to notice me, but I really don't care what you think when you pay attention to me.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas a three is not. They they want attention, but they don't want to look like they're attention grabbing. And they want that attention to be positive or they want people's opinions to be to be positive of them. And Tony really just doesn't give a flip
0: what That's anybody it.
1: thinks about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna actually I wasn't gonna say that for it, I was gonna say the S H I T word,
0: but <laughs> oh. That was not where I thought you were going. That's
1: funny. I know. I, know. I corrected myself <laughs> there though. Um, so yeah, I still think this, I think the seven, and we also see his playboy lifestyle and I'm not saying a three can't be a playboy, but he is like women when he doesn't remember their name and partying and really narc, I mean, narcotizing pain. And he makes a joke out of it and he makes jokes out of his trauma. He makes jokes out of his daddy issues. And that to me all seems to be a way of putting a silver lining, avoiding shifting, numbing.
0: Well, he doesn't pain. even kick the women out of his house when he's when he's done. He's had a great time. He moves on and he go does the goes down into the basement and does the thing he wants to do while Pepper takes care of it
1: uh-huh. yeah you're right he doesn't want to deal with it he doesn't even deal with it yeah he's a seven yeah absolutely he's a seven okay i'm writing it down all right last but certainly not least captain america
0: this is going to be the shortest conversation yeah because captain america is clearly a one.
1: Oh my gosh he is such a one
0: <laughs> but we don't get to see him brood too often you know, he seems to be one of the ones who's in most of the time in a healthy place, and it mm-hmm. makes me feel like he might be more of uh, with a wing too mm-hmm. and lean into sort of that optimism.
1: I think you're right, and he seems to have a bit, um, a bit more peoply.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, peoply is not a word, but I, I think I think it fits.
0: Describes well what experiences, but, but there's that resiliency that I think, you know, he, he knows what feels right to him. Mm -hmm. And so he stands in that space, even if he's going to get knocked down, even if, you know, whatever the consequences, he's willing to pay for those consequences, but he will, he'll do it.
1: And it just, it eats at him. I really enjoy his first movie. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the, the tagline, but it's, the first one where he's like in 1940s.
0: The first Avenger.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Good job. The first Avenger. where It is just eating him alive that he's medically exempt because to him, it's the right thing to do. And other people are giving their life for this cause. And he is relentless and just trying to find one person who will, one doctor who will clear him to serve. And, and to the point where he even is is kind of breaking some of his own rules or some rules to to serve the the greater good. And uh when they when they do the test or they throw the grenade that's not live but he doesn't know that and he throws himself on top of it, which certainly other people can do, heroic, courageous, self-sacrificial things. But there's no question. He doesn't even flinch and and he does it to save the lives of people who are awful to him. And then and then moving on, he's so convicted over what's right and wrong and who should make decisions and not wanting, he is not willing to let other people make decisions about how he uses his power and his strength. And that's, you know, the plotline for civil war. He, he wants to retain some autonomy, whereas the others are like, well, no, we need, we can't be rogues, but he trusts his own judgment. And frankly, his judgment is probably better than any government.
0: Well, and it's for in the movies, it's about Bucky, yeah, that's- and standing in that that gap. In the comic books, it's different. Oh, okay, it's because they're trying to pass legislation that will regulate and sort of keep tabs on mutants and people who have superpowers. Mm. And it'll be overreach and almost controlling, almost early Holocaust kind Mm -hmm. of a deal, like round Mm -hmm. them all up kind of a thing. Mm. And he says, this is wrong. Mm. And then Tony is on the other side of that saying, but it's necessary because we can hurt people. Yeah. And so that's where that tension comes and ends up being a much bigger fight. Right. But Disney did not have the rights to Marvel to uh, the X-Men. They did not have the rights to a bunch of those characters. So they couldn't, Mm, couldn't do
1: that. Hmm. And he's just, he's so good. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. And certainly anyone of any Enneagram number can be deeply good and moral and seek justice and love mercy and, you know, be kind and sacrificial and all those things. But most of us don't do it better than a one.
0: I won't disagree with that at all. <laughs>
1: You shouldn't. You're a great person. We
0: we will die on that hill if we if yeah. our gut says so. We will die on that hill. Yeah. And say, he's yep, absolutely I'm, willing to do that. I'm aware of the consequences. I am aware that this is causing problems for you. But here, here's where I'm going to stand.
1: And he struggles to stay out of things that, he, that feel wrong to him. I mean, he, Does. he, he has this compulsion, which is probably where some of that too energy, he has a compulsion to, to dive in and to fix things and to help where he, where he can Mm -hmm. fix things. Um, and sometimes he's not equipped to do it and he rushes in when he perhaps shouldn't, but his motivations are always good.
0: Yeah. Cause he has that gut choice. He's Uh he's working from instinct most of Uh the
1: time. Yeah. Yep. Cap is a one.
0: Absolutely agree. I love cap.
1: I do too. And I have actually really loved this episode, even though it was not the episode we thought we would be recording a few hours ago.
0: I think it's better than the episode we had planned.
1: Yeah. Because that would have been a whole lot of this person sucks.
0: I, I would have been miserable, 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 miserable. So tell us what we're doing next week, Kate.
1: So next week is our book club episode. We have been rereading A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. We read the first book in the series, which is titled A Court of Thorns and Roses And we have read A Court of Mist and Fury, which is book two. I went ahead and read A Court of Wings and Ruin and A Court of Silver Flames because I got so into reading the series that I thought, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and read all four that are out and have thoroughly enjoyed it. I know you're still plugging along with book two. You're perhaps not the target audience for Sarah J. Mass. And that's okay. I'm right. okay
0: with that. Yeah. I appreciate what what she's doing.
1: And I appreciate you pushing through.
0: <laughs> and it's helped that it's been an audiobook form. So, this particular time I got this audiobook from my local library. We love supporting our local library. Mm-hmm. I love it even more whenever I can just do it digitally and they can take the book away from me when I'm done rather than me forgetting to return it. But if you would like to support the podcast? A great way to do that is you can pick up your own audiobook for this month's Nerdogram podcast book. And if you go over to our website, we have a link there for an audible trial. So that gets you one free audiobook, whether you choose to continue afterwards or not, that audiobook is yours. So great opportunity to try out audiobooks if you've not done that before. That's something I came into as an adult. I really didn't do that before now, and I love them. I love 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 being able to do
1: audiobooks. I love them too. And fun fact: if you have purchased a book on Kindle and you get it on Audible, which I did, I had forgotten actually that I had purchased the the Kindle version of *Mist and Fury*. A couple years ago. And so I just went ahead and got it on Audible. They sync up to each other. So I was listening on Audible. And then when I wanted to switch, like at bedtime and I wanted to read and I found it in my Kindle, I could go it and it went straight to the page that I was at. And then I, you know, read for a half hour before I fell asleep. The next day when I pulled up my Audible, it fast forwarded. So they're synced. So you can do both, actually, which is a feature I just discovered this week.
0: That's pretty cool. I guess that's one of the benefits of them both being owned by Amazon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there are some benefits to monopolies, I suppose. Sorry. I you said us. that with a
0: straight face.
1: <laughs> oh, good old capitalism. Um, <laughs> I say that like I'm not a capitalist. I am I am basically a capitalist. But <laughs> anyway, um, if you would like to get in touch with us about things not about capitalism uh we're don't really about don't capitalism. We, don't, we don't want to talk about that uh we do want to talk about the enneagram so you can get in touch with us at our website at nerdogrampodcast.com but even better would be to find us on instagram and our handle is nerdogram podcast
0: well that's all for me
1: that's all for me